So welcome to DX Talks, another episode, another new topic. And this time we are fully immersive in the metaverse. Today, we're going to be having a special guest with us who is really on the forefront of this technology. He's been there for a while. He's one of the leaders and maybe the first innovators in this space. Uh, Sebastian Bourguet, the co-founder and CEO of Sandbox. We welcome him and here we go. Hi, Sebastian. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm great. Thank you. So, Sebastian, first, again, thank you for being with us and being on DX Talks. You are one of the pioneers of the metaverse. Uh, can you tell us more first on how can we uh, really define? It's a basic question for our audience. What's your definition of a metaverse? Absolutely. Well, you, you know, like the concept of the metaverse uh, gets back into like science fiction books and movies. It was invented. The term was first coined by Neil Stephenson almost 25 years ago. So I early in the metaverse, but not that early, but still really happy to share with you like how we see the metaverse today, far from that dystopian vision. We see it more like a space, like this a myriad of virtual worlds where users can access using an avatar that is this 3D, the new digital identity, a 3D representation of themselves. They can access to like more social, more fun, more immersive, more creative virtual worlds, spaces. And they can take that identity, their avatar from one to any of those worlds seamlessly. So their avatar, all their digital belongings, whether like their virtual goods, their wearables, their equipment, their game item, their currencies, their virtual land, their virtual houses even, they can use them across any of those worlds without any restriction, without any limitation. They could transfer it to other users, they could sell it on marketplaces if they want. That's the big differentiator between what we've seen before which has been like MMORPGs in video games or virtual world where users could have an avatar, could have like virtual goods, but were actually limited into one single platform. They couldn't move their content, their identity from one to another. It was every one of those worlds were like silo, whereas the metaverse is this idea of like being open, allowing users to move from one to another and developing through that new use cases, new format of entertainment, and even an open economy through blockchain and NFTs and digital asset of value. Excellent. I think you just shared with us a very nice uh, idea. What's the future? You mentioned some of the things, but what's really the future? Is it what we see today? Or because, you know, we when we go all around and then we look at uh, also your competitors, such as Meta, which they rebranded themselves into the world of metaverse. Where is the metaverse actually going? So we, we know for sure that the metaverse is going to happen. It's like both a technological and a social revolution, but it will take time for like the use cases and the content to come through. And that's one of the current challenge of the metaverse. Like we're still very early on into like building the premises to enable like the, both the infrastructure, the tools, the capability, but more importantly, the content, the experiences that will drive those audience into them because people want to see new things. They want to discover how concretely they can interact with each other. What are some of the possibilities? And there is still very few 
destinations that are open and, and showcase those possibilities and what they could evolve and become progressively over time. So at Sandbox, we are still a platform that is in beta. We provide like content creation tool, a 3D editor, a map, a marketplace, a no-code game maker, and even a game client that allows you to access experiences. We are open for a limited period of time where we showcase during seasons, so like time-limited events featuring like a great amount of curated content from both brand and user-generated content. And... Uh, we very attached to showcase like concretely what the metaverse has to offer and what is this new format of entertainment. It's not just gaming. It's not just about socializing. It's a great mix of both where people come to discover, to learn, to attend virtual shows, virtual concerts, or even like social hubs, dance clubs, maybe visit an art gallery or museum. And also like complete quests, complete challenge, progress, explore one land to another at a time and um and want to come back the next day and the next day and the next day because they are having fun because they enjoy making new friends and having activities with their avatars because they are rewarded for doing so so that are like some key aspects that i believe will make the metaverse really accessible and so far it's true that meta the rebranding of facebook into meta gave a lot of spotlight about one year ago it was in october 2021 but hasn't yet convinced everyone because it put too much emphasis on like the metaverse being only on vr which is wrong like the metaverse is going to be on any platform and device. It could be mobile, it could be web browser, it could be desktop, PC and Mac, console, AR and VR. It would be all of those platforms. And the second is like forgot too much about like content and great experiences that drive people into the metaverse, which at Sandbox, thanks to the, the 400 brands we have, and like the million of users already registered with the wallet and, and the fantastic community of creators that is already building on our platform. We've been able to showcase more concretely, successfully, like the last Alpha Season 3 had 17 million visits in total. Some of the most popular experiences were either like the Gucci Vault or the experience for Warner Music or the Rabbids. Cool stuff. People want want to see, people want to explore, people want to use and co-create their presence on their land with those brands and taking the content, mixing it, remixing it. So the future of the metaverse is heavily around content, user-generated, made by the community, around like ownership. True digital ownership is essential to build the metaverse and allow that vision of users moving from one to another, thanks to interoperability and, and, I, um, and multi-platform. Yeah, you mentioned music, you mentioned number of users, you mentioned, you know, holding, you mentioned content. What are other differentiators versus other metaverses that are out are competing uh, with you? What differentiates Sandbox? So, well, you, you can really set apart two things, like the open metaverse, which is composed of many web-free blockchain-based virtual world. You can come like Decentraland, Subium Space, uh, voxels, upland, spatial spaces, and few other. Each one of them have like different technology, sometimes different use case and audiences. But all of them are based on a technology that enables users indeed to take their content from one to another through their wallet to sell it on marketplaces outside of those games. That's really the open metaverse. 
On the other side, you have centralized closed wall garden platforms, web two platform that are so-called metaverses, but still have those strong limitations where like the content owned or made by user is still restricted of being only used on those platforms. So like Roblox, Minecraft, Fortnite, Meta with Horizon, just to name a few, are second life, are still like the centralized virtual world with great amount of audiences. So we see them as our competitors, but not yet the benefit of like true digital ownership and the seamless transfer of value that uh, like that will define the future of the metaverse. And we're seeing an evolution, like uh, recently has been announced the Metaverse Standard Forum, meaning which a lot of Web2 companies have, including Meta, Microsoft, Adobe, Roblox, Epic have joined. And has been joined by the Open Metaverse Alliance, the OMA3. So we have all like technical working group to define the future of like how we're enable interoperability of content for the benefit of users, no matter like on web two or web three blockchain or non-blockchain based platforms. Yeah, I wanted to about the interoperability. And then you mentioned a little bit, I don't know if you can go even more. How can we, you know, what's your vision? How will we be jumping and collaborating and integrating? Because this is a kind of a hassle at this point of time. Because the way it is working, it's not interoperable. You know, you have sandbox, we have this one and this one. Maybe the NFTs has started or helped us more into integrating this. But in the future, how can I jump from uh, PUBG, for example, or any other game and then, you know, into a sandbox and from sandbox maybe to another sandbox, uh, another uh, metaverse? You know, because I think this is where the future should be integrated altogether. It doesn't matter what's the application. In the end of the day, it's running somewhere where it can do that integration. So that's really the promise and that's where, but it's also the challenge. Like we understand like there is a, a certain number of challenge, both technical, but not only related to facilitate or to enable that feature for the end user which is one, like understanding the format of data, it's spatial representation of objects. So typically I have an avatar that is a 3D character that can use my identity. How do we recognize that that asset that you have in your wallet is an avatar across all those different worlds? How do we represent it either similarly or with um, a representation that still that looks like it, but adapted into the aesthetic of each destination uh, virtual world. How do we ensure it still keeps all the animation, all the content, even the skills that you have acquired, because maybe you spent hours to level up that avatar. All your progression, all your reputation as well should be able to be transported from one world to another. Right now, the Metaverse Standard Forum is putting a lot of emphasis on agreeing on, on five format standards. So already like the first layer, which is like representation, a GLTF as a 3D file format. I don't want to get too much into the technical details because maybe the audience is not indeed, so indeed. interested into it, but GLTF and USD format, which is like universal scene descriptor. You take a 3D space environment, think of it like a web page, like HTML. How do we describe the content into it so we understand logically what's in it and what can be done with it across any different virtual world application, almost like browsers of web pages. All of that being uh, on track and starting working group. Once we have those standards, it will be easier to uh, hopefully like facilitate the transfer. And then there is all the, at the end, like 
every application should decide how they interpret the data and what kind of benefit they give to the owner of those assets. In Web3, it's more natural. Like in blockchain gaming, we're already thinking, oh, if you own a board ape, if you own a crypto kitty NFT, if you own a card from SoRare or an avatar or land in sandbox, well, you can benefit from that in my game. It became like a user acquisition strategy. It became a way to attract like valuable users because we can see they have like the kind of NFT that we want. And we were more inclined to this kind of design. But in the traditional gaming uh, tech design, it's a whole new paradigm that takes a bit of time to understand how it's going to impact the business model, the user acquisition, and overall the potential. And yes, if, even if there is like a little overhead of cost on technology or design to implement it, I believe like ultimately the, the benefits that an industry as a whole can benefit, can take from that is still going to be larger and make us less dependent on centralized actor for the discovery of content, the acquisition of user, the value growing of community and user wallets. Yeah, very interesting that, uh, you know, you have to mention some of the technicalities, but still uh, you have to understand them where we are going. This is what I'll, I'll jump to my other question. I was with a United Nations Arab uh, SME summit uh, earlier this month, and I was talking about the metaverse for the region. And this region, uh, they were very intrigued with that. We're talking about future technologies from blockchain to metaverse to so many other things that goes there. And they are eager to learn. But I got one question always was about privacy and human protection in a virtual world that is really growing day by day. And then we started seeing some initiatives being happening there. What's your take on that front? I think it's, first of all, it makes sense that there is so much general interest from like SMEs, Fortune 500 companies, top entertainment brands, celebrity music artists, and also even government or regulators about the metaverse. In Sandbox, we have over 400 brands, which include like uh, music artists like Snoop Dogg, Shiva Oki, but also media like Time Magazine, South China Morning Post, Music Label, or Warner Music, but also like PwC, HSBC as a bank, TBS from Singapore, or the Dubai's Vara, which is a regulator who acquire land to understand being in the space and to create experiences for the users to offer them like more ways to connect with them in a meaningful manner, to give them value and rewards, to educate them, to offer them fun and entertainment. The, but we want to do that. Like we want to have like users who enjoy spending time alone or together in social uh, spaces, also in a safe way. So it's important that we ensure that our like moderation and there is like term of use on the platform that protects every user to be able to enjoy uh, those experiences uh, in a safe way and not be not exposed to inappropriate content or inappropriate chat. So that's why we put in place AI-based moderation solution for like text uh, conversation, for example. We have in-game moderators, so people who are not just monitoring screens but are physically, but virtually physically present through their avatar to those world to make sure like there's good behaviors and also animate those community to drive them to do like cool and fun ac actions. Uh, and we're also looking at um, typically other frameworks that ensure that there is 
a general education of the audience around what is a good behavior. Typically yesterday or earlier this week, what like global day around like cyber bullying online and uh, like uh, threats against women's violence as well and domestic violence, which are like two strong causes that needs education and virtual world should be no exception to participate into that general education and make sure that behaviors are appropriate online. Great. Just hold on. So very interesting. And then I think more and more adoption and more and more initiatives, as also mentioned, there's an initiative currently happening regarding the metaverse privacy and uh, protection. Now we jump, what's the new business model of advertising? Will it be a traditional business model or ad sharing? Or something you give us, because I think there's many companies that's venturing into this space, trying to take a piece of it, trying to maybe create, maybe you already created a business model, especially now with block availability where, you know, it's on chain, you can track it, you can understand more what's happening. It's no longer at the same ways it used to be. What's your take on the future of advertising, especially in the metaverse? That's a very good question. And I think, yeah, and you're right asking it is, Basically, I think like every new platform, any new format has also developed its own codes in terms of like advertising and promotion of content. So advertising needs to be native to like the platform where it's going to be displayed to be relevant, to attract the audience and engage them to like, oh, I, that looks great. I want to try it. I want to click through it. I'm interested into exploring it. What we're seeing, and I think like the most common mistake that most advertisers would think is like, okay, the metaverse is going to turn into like this giant Times Square. We'll put banners everywhere or photos and videos. But this is not a great user experience typically. Like we don't want the metaverse to turn into a giant Times Square. We don't want to have like large screen, like capturing people's attention until there's too many and they they don't do anything to people's attention anymore. We want to build like an advertising format that is native to the platform, meaning like in Sandbox, for example, like the best way to be in a platform is to understand the code, to own land, but also to, to know, know how lands are being built. You build them with 3D objects, 3D buildings, with characters. So like the best way to promote an experience is maybe like for from showcasing and creating a quest that involves that character for people who want to taste a little bit and want to continue playing that quest or that game into the other land. Could be a portal as well. Like portal is a natural way to navigate through lands in the metaverse and into 3D world. So like a great portal that is designed as a volumetric object with visual effect, with content around it that when you see it, you can already guess what's going to be behind that portal and make you want to go through to actually to go and explore that experience that's being promoted. For me, those are more natural way, more native way that follow the code of the platform. And another great way, like when I see those collaboration that brands are doing or communities are doing, like typically when uh, the rabbit from Ubisoft arrive in Sandbox, they not only build their experience, but they also invaded and broke some other lands. So you could find the rabbits scattered around many other experiences. And that was a great way. Like you play to like an experience, you discover a museum, and then you find rabbits in the middle. 
that's intriguing. That's a way like, all right, I want to discover their story. I want to play around them. Why are they here? So, so it requires a bit of creative design as well for being like really successful in promoting content in the metaverse. Yeah, great. Now I'll jump into the financial aspect of things. And I got asked this question many times because it is coming from I would say from Meta, you know, seeing all of those investments being pumped now in the metaverse, do we really need those investments? You know, it's a general question that I get everywhere. Is it too much? Are we spending too much on something that is virtual, that, you know, it's not physical? What's the business use case? What's, 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 you know, there's a lot of questions there. But do we really need those investments? Or actually, you have another point of view of how we can take things uh, further? So, the way I see it is definitely first, like, uh, Meta hasn't done a great job yet to release content that showcase properly, uh, the potential of the metaverse. Like, so that's something maybe they're still working on to build a great experience that could attract users. The second is like the, the business model. Um, many brands have seen, like, by being on social media, like, they have entered this, um, this model where like the post content, like people attention is very short span and, and like only gets is maybe likes and impression. And they have to pay to the platform like Google, Facebook, typically to attract more audience to their product. So in a way they've lost that relationship with their client, with their fan, with their customer and to the platforms, which collect all those data and all those users to become fans of their page or profile page. And they are forced to spend back a portion and a greater portion of their revenue to attract back those audience into their own product page and so on, which is crazy in a way. Web3 wants to give more power back to the brand, to the user, and reinstore like that relationship that brands can have simply because they have access uh, users are in control of their wallet. So you can airdrop an NFT into a wallet. You can offer value for the wallet and you can track that relationship over time. As you see on chain, uh, all how the people are connecting to their wallet, what kind of transaction they are doing. You can engage them offering like experiences that could be gated to access specific collection of content. And you can reward them by offering like real utility, real use case. Uh, for their NFTs, typically in Sandbox, like we are a platform that empower people to be more creative, to benefit from that creativity. We reward people for their engagement through NFTs. So that are things that brands would look strongly for. And the business model of Sandbox is essentially based on like the royalties. So after we sold all the land, after we sold all the sands, everything would be in the end of the community. And as a platform, we only collect 5% of royalties on um, any transaction from one user to another. So when two users sell to each other, we take 5% and the creator or, or the owner of the asset will keep the 95% for himself, creating like a virtuous uh, economy, a creator economy on the platform. And us optimizing our model towards like creating value for all the stakeholders who contribute to make this world a living place, a fun place to be and growing it as well. Great. Uh, thank you for, for this. Now, uh, I want to understand more about the trending sandbox NFT on OpenSea and any new features coming soon other than this one also that 
you're going to be explaining now? There's definitely trends on top. And actually, it's a great timing because I was checking just yesterday um, over OpenSea and specifically Polygon and the Sandbox Lands came out as the number one collection yesterday following the California Dreaming Landfill. So like, it shows like people still understand that the categories of NFTs that are valuable could be very useful behind like virtual lands. We're still seeing a lot of creativity and art um, uh, on OpenSea. So it's still like the most mainstream marketplace to discover great content and understand like what can be more or less valuable uh, for users. I see like Lens Protocol typically became first and see content related like unstable domains as well or games like League of Kingdom. It's great to see a greater diversity like towards the end of the year in the categories of NFTs than uh, we've seen before uh, earlier this year, which was maybe too much overload of like profile picture uh, related collection that we're still uh, holding to show more promise for uh, the users. Now, before we start winding and uh, going into the last section, I just want to ask you about Dubai. What do you see? Because you were in Dubai last month you attended Jitex and many other events. You were one of the main sponsors of also of uh, Jitex's uh, uh, whole uh, stadium. I uh, just want to understand from you, what do you think about the strategy of the metaverse of Dubai? And what are your take on this? Well, um, I think like Dubai with the VARA regulator has been uh, one of the like most forward-thinking partner and regulator around their strategy to enter the metaverse, to showcase the possibility and, and to push forward a very comprehensive framework for all like local actors that tell them what they can do, what they can do, and then provide more freedom for entrepreneurs to act and grow their business, hire, and so on. So it's definitely like uh, one of the pioneers and, and with uh, the team has a great mindset. Actually, today, November, yeah, it should be today that we're going to open the Dubai's first experience in the sandbox for people to come and see for themselves, learn more, see which are the projects that are already regulated. I also think that from what I've seen at Guidex, it's like a huge trade show, a uh, lot of people attending, enormous interest from not only Dubai, but the whole region of MENA region, extending even to India, Pakistan, and beyond around possibilities of the metaverse. So quite exciting to see like this boning ecosystem. And the fact that the government has set clear objectives, like we need to reach 40,000 people by end of next year working in the metaverse, that sets like great guidelines as well for like then all the institution, the government bodies, the entrepreneurs, and even like regular uh, people like are not yet involved into the space. When they hear that, they get curious, they want to be involved. So that that trigger a whole industry behind in a very positive manner. I think doesn't resolve all the challenge of how we are going to achieve it operationally and so on, but makes people around the table to talk about it and figure out the solution to follow the big plan. It will come little bit by little bit. And this is my last question now, which is which goes in the same direction. Uh, what does it need for mass adoption in this space? I think it still needs like technology to keep improving, but also more importantly, content, great content, content that is fun, that at the same level of 
like feature and technology than existing centralized virtual world like Roblox, like Fortnite, which gather hundreds of millions of you. If we're able to provide experiences that are even more fun, more engaging, and offer the benefit of true digital ownership of like owning your identity through your avatar and moving from one world of the others, then I think like there would be no more questions about like uh, which uh, platform is more beneficial. And we're seeing already that new Gen Z moving and understanding fully the idea that digital assets are, are valuable. Uh, like they prefer to own virtual goods, digital goods over physical goods. They prefer to leave virtual experiences with their friends rather than physical experiences. So they already understood like it's not about physical or virtual. It's like no matter where you are, like there are creative possibilities. You make real connection, real emotion with people, and you own content that if you're proud, proud, proud to own, it is as valuable as a physical object. And that I think like that will keep growing progressively. There is no turning back on that idea. And uh, we'll see from there a growing amount of users entering the space progressively and being fully web-free native. Uh, thank you for being with us today. What is your final recommendation to our uh, listeners, viewers, was it on YouTube, podcast, and all of the channels that we are on? What is that last thing you want to recommend for them to maybe start, maybe change, maybe adapt, maybe, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, what's your last recommendation? Well, I think like, let's keep building. Let's keep focusing on the right aspect of like, technology is great. Technology can empower people and be beneficial experiences, fun games, useful product will drive people to other technology. Let's build like product that have value for real community that have meaning. Let's continue to have this open mindset and collaborative mindset within Web3. That's really a strong differentiator with Web2. And let's continue to educate more and more users, invite them to test our product, invite them to create an avatar and try Sandbox to see by themselves the possibilities. So hopefully, like, we'll get closer to that vision over the years. So uh, I'd like to thank you a lot for taking your time and being with us. I know it was uh, your busy schedule. I would like to thank you again for uh, being hosted on the extra. <laughs>